Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. This is uh, Season 13, Episode 7, and the name of this episode is called Just Say No is Irrelevant. I suppose many years ago, if not still today, that Mrs. Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan, had a point when it came to a situation when drugs were offered to just say no. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but just like any government initiative that sounds like great PR for the powers in charge, there was zero funding for prevention and treatment. It was a nice idea, but so simple-minded, one has to laugh about the only situation where the just-say-no idea had any merit was to try to teach the parents of kids at risk that drugs were to be avoided with a simple no. Science teaches us that once a person gets addicted, he or she loses the power of choice in the matter. Permit me to say a few things about the leading research organization on drug abuse in the United States. The mission of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, or NIDA, is to advance science on the causes and consequences of drug use and addiction and to apply that knowledge to improve individual and public health. In this regard, NIDA addresses the most fundamental and essential questions about drug abuse, from detecting and responding to emerging drug abuse trends lately it's been fentanyl, and understanding how drugs work in the brain and body to developing and testing new approaches to treatment and prevention. NIDA also supports research training, career development, public education, public-private partnerships, and research dissemination efforts. Through its intramural research program, as well as grants and contracts to investigators at research institutions around the country and overseas, NIDA supports the following types of research. So there's a lot going on in the science. One, identify the biological, environmental, behavioral, and social causes and consequences of drug use and addiction across the lifespan. Boy, when you're an addict, you affect your own body, you affect, you affect your environment, uh, you behave in different ways. Uh, there are social causes that cause you to be put in this position, and then there are consequences for yourself and for your family. They also want to develop improved strategies to prevent drug abuse and its consequences, so prevention is a big part of it. If we don't get started, then we won't have the consequences. Develop new and improved treatments to help people with substance use disorders achieve and maintain a meaningful and sustained recovery. The polite form for addiction and alcoholism is now substance use disorder, or SUD, if you will. 
Another goal that NIDA has is to increase the public health impact of NIDA research and programs. This is what NIDA calls addiction. Quote, a reversible brain disorder that causes one to engage in repetitive harmful behavior without regard to its negative effects on one's health, employment, or family. You know, I see redemption there. It's contained in the word reversible. I also see a great deal of neutral language, such as calling addicts or alcoholics uh, individuals who suffer from substance use disorder, or SUD as I called it. I'd like to go back to an amazing thing that science has recently proven in many thousands of studies in the last 10 or so years. I speak of the concept of neuroplasticity. That is, the ability for the brain itself to change based on what input it receives, either by thoughts or by some other stimulation. I've read at least six books or more on that topic, and the one that impressed me the most in its incredible forward-thinking approach, although he doesn't touch on addiction directly, there's another book or two I can recommend on that topic. This book is called The Brain's Way of Healing, and it's authored by Norman Doidge, D-O-I-D-G-E-M-D. He not only reviews the many research studies that have proven conclusively that the brain can heal disorders which were once considered irreversible, but he tells several wonderfully inspiring stories of people who changed the way their brains worked. In a way, science is just catching up on what we in recovery have believed and experienced all along. The inside truth is that when we start acting in the right way, our brains come along for the ride and change as we start to act in a healthier way. And then we start thinking in a healthier way as well. In parallel, what we have proven is that we can replace the old unhealthy neural pathways, which is science talk, with healthy new pathways, with repetition, 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 for it's not a one-and-done deal. A change in thinking also helps recovery along, and we learn to change our thinking in therapy, in the 12-step meetings, and by reading what was published in 1939 and forwards. The main two books are called Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And just visit aa.org to learn a whole lot more. Those of us who have experienced the miracle or the magic of recovery can attest that we have recovered from a, quote, hopeless condition of mind and body that only a surrender of our old ways of thinking can accomplish. The old, that is the addictive way of thinking, has us lie, cheat, and steal our way through life in countless blatant or subtle ways. We borrowed money without any idea as to how we would pay it back. We created situations where our families had to bail us out or else. We pretended to love when all we did was use love as an excuse to have sex with a woman of the week. We were selfish in the extreme. And woman of the week is W-E-E-K. The healthy way of thinking has us restore our crippled self-respect and hold ourselves accountable and live by a set of principles instead of by desire or fear. We find that there is liberation and discipline and freedom and surrender. But we don't see that for quite a while. And I hope this small essay helps helps those who wonder what the disease does to the brain and how the brain can truly heal. Both science and our own experience testify to that as truth. What have we learned about addiction in the brain today? Well, we learned that one, Science knows 
shows rather that addiction and or alcoholism are brain disorders that cause affected people to lose the power of choice. Therefore, just say number two, therefore just say no, only works in the very early going. Say as a teenager who actually listens to his parents before he becomes addicted. Number three, there is astounding and definitive evidence that the brain can heal from what was once thought to be an irreversible condition. That doesn't mean that addicts are cured. Four, what it does mean is that new healthy ways of thinking and acting can create new neural pathways to replace the old unhealthy thinking and behavior with repetition. Number five, that truth has been known since 1939 when the book Alcoholics Anonymous was published describing the 12-step process, which has been shown by experience to restore us hopeless cases to sanity and a full and happy life. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.